Romans 15, 14 says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. Hello, and welcome back to Think This Way. My name is Pastor Bryce, one of the pastor elders of Faith Bible Church, and today I have with me, now there was some debate, oh, I don't remember with which of the elders, as to whether I could call them pastor. Can I call you Pastor Justin? Uh, I'll respond to it. <laughs> has anyone ever called you Pastor no, Justin? No, no okay. one has. So. I could start that. Let's, I could make that a start. Let's let's start it. Let's see what <laughs> see how it takes. The most so. reverend Pastor <laughs> Justin. Well, uh, I'm glad that you're on here today, Justin, as you're probably aware, because this quarterly focus is the local church. That's right. And I don't know if people know, they probably know this. Justin's like our resident expert on the local church. <laughs> I was thinking about that because I think so much of what I believe and think about the local church is not from me. It's from so many other... Mark Dever and... People, well, even uh, former pastors, leaders, uh, people that have invested in me and spent time with me, I'm, I'm just puppeting what they have uh, taught me, and I'm sure they were puppeting something yeah. that they've been taught as well, and it's just, it's just passing that along, and it's been, um, I am just a product of uh, what people have invested in, in, in helped me, and I think it's, I love the local church, and it's, I wouldn't have this view and think about the local church the way I do without the local church. Yeah. It just wouldn't be that way for me. Yeah. So. Well, they did a good job. I mean, I just, you know, thinking of all of us as elders, every elder's so different. And we've never like assigned like you're the, other than like Mike, you're leading uh, worship, I'm right. preaching. But it kind of naturally happens when we bring on an elder that they have a particular gifting and interest in right. some area. And so they end up like Dan really focuses on missions. Yep. I don't think anybody ever told him do that. He just is that. Right. I feel like that's what it's been with the local church in some sense in my mind, among other things like our technology and biblical counseling. But I just, when I think of local church, I always think of you. Yeah. So they, whoever invested in you did a phenomenal job <laughs> of putting that into you. So, well, that's good because we are talking about the local church today and specifically about something that is the responsibility, as we'll see, of every single person who's in a local church. And it's kind of a summary of our responsibility, as we'll see. I've titled this, One Anothering, which will be familiar to some who are listening, especially if you have any biblical counseling background, talk about one anothering. Won't be familiar to others, so I'm just going to give a really brief explanation and sure. then ask some questions of Justin, our expert. So, one anothering quote-unquote, comes from a single Greek word that is all alone. And I mentioned to Justin how ironic that is because it sounds like all alone. <laughs> all alone. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, it just means one another, and it takes some other forms too. But about 50 times in the New Testament, mostly in the New Testament letters, believers are commanded either to do something or not to do something to one another. And it's always that all alone, all alone kind of a word that's being used most often. So, for example, I started with Romans 15, 14, and at the end of that, he says, I'm confident you are, quote, able to instruct one another. And so that's that alone, alelois word right there. So that's what we're talking about with one anothering. It's our responsibilities to one another, especially in the local church. 
So Justin, for someone who's encountering this idea of one anothering for the first time, how would you describe it? You know, what are we getting at exactly with this phrase? You know, I taught a class on the one another's. Oh, uh, yeah. The, these passages. <laughs> See, you are the expert of this. <laughs> just, I guess it's just my, that's my uh, wheelhouse, yeah. I guess. And uh, that, that book was written by Stuart Scott. And in that, I had, that book came out of a number of, uh, well, I, I assume this, I'm not sure, but I heard him speak on the one another's in a few different settings. Uh, I think he came to our church and spoke about it. I heard it at a counseling conference. And so then he wrote this book and there's a little over 30 of those instances where this word one another, one anothering that oh, it's I some check kind my of count. A, the, check how I got 50. Well, I think, right. I think, well, I think a few of them are, are, are doubled. So oh, okay, you'll have okay, a okay. pass. I'm speaking specifically in like passages about 30 to 35 or so, um, in there where the, that is used. But so in, when you look at all of those, you look in context, what is this one anothering? Well, one anothering is really the responsibility of every believer in the church. In the local church, you have a responsibility um, to one another. Well, what is one anothering? You've probably heard somebody say, there are no Lone Ranger Christians, right? We are walking through the Christian life with other people, whether that is our in immediate family, it's relatives, it's neighbors, it is the local church. There's all kinds of areas where we are around people. We're made to be around people with people. We're made to be in relationships. And part of that relationship is that we have a responsibility not only to ourselves and how we live and how we think and act, but we also have a responsibility to the other people that we're around, specifically Christians, in that um, this is one of those safeguards God has put into the church, in that we have people in the church, you have some that are struggling with sin on some level, some that are not struggling as much. And so we are there to pull along, pull someone along, push them along, help them along, shoulder to shoulder, pick them up, whatever that may look like, however you'd want to term that you would use with that. But we're not just responsible for ourselves, but for others as well. So, And you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I'll push into it for a second. Who exactly is responsible for one another? Because you and I, Pastor Bryce and Pastor Justin, right. so we've been called as pastors, and there is a temptation to think you're the you're a pastor. You're either... <laughs> paid, you're good for something, or like Dan always says, or you're good for nothing. (laughs) You might not be paid, but you're called to be a pastor. And sometimes we can think the responsibilities of like helping those who are less mature, that's the pastor's job. So who exactly is responsible for one anothering? I can remember in my life going to a pastor, a good friend of mine, telling him about a problem I was having with somebody else in the church. Um, It wasn't like this big issue, but it was like, hey, I'm, I'm having this issue. Um, I would, my intent was to ask him to go and fix it. And he said, well, I'll pray for you as you have that conversation. <laughs> and I thought, like, what? what? <laughs> so thankfully he didn't just leave it at that. He helped me to understand that if that is something that I recognize and I see, um, and it was something on that person's part, there was some sin there. There was some sin on my part as well and um, how I was pr- responding to it. But that was the example of like, the leadership is not responsible for mediating and dealing with all problems in the church. Um, that 
that is something that we in um, our all believers, all all believers and members of the local church are responsible to do one anothering. I keep saying also that there's problems. This isn't just for problems, though. I, I want to be real clear on that. This one anothering is not just to deal with conflict. Um, it, there's encourage one another, pray for one another, love one another. There's all kinds of things that we do in one anothering that are not just conflict focused. I just, I, when you ask that question about the leadership, often I'm not having a, someone ask me to go love someone <laughs> go else for them. them. <laughs> yeah. Encourage one another. It's a good one too. So yeah, it's kind of like, um, during the reformation 500 years ago, one of the big central themes that was emphasized among the reformers was the idea of a universal priesthood of believers, which might sound a little strange to our ears today, but you have to understand that they were breaking away from the Roman Catholic Church where you had the priests, Mm -hmm. somewhat equivalent to pastors today, but even more authority. And they were able to turn that bread into God's body. I mean, you couldn't touch these guys. They were authority, the priests. Your only hope was to listen to them and follow them, and, and of course, all the way up to the Pope. Well, the Reformers emphasized, we can't just relegate all the responsibilities over to these priests, like they're in a whole different class, right. and then we just do what they say and hope we get to heaven or purgatory at least. But instead, biblically, we are, God called his people to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood. So all believers have a priestly sense about them, meaning We all offer our own lives as a sacrifice to God, and the priest also interceded for others. So we don't just go say, priest, pray for me. But instead, we're all fulfilling that function. Really, one another, and it's everybody doing it. That was a big part of the Reformation. It's not these two classes of the really spiritual folk who are the priests and the leadership, and then everybody else who just fills the pews or whatever they had back then. I wanted to provide, you've mentioned some of them, I just want to go through and provide just a few examples of specific one another commands in the New Testament, if someone's still wondering exactly what are some of these commands. This is just a few of the examples. So here's Romans 12.10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, and then in verse 16, live in harmony with one another. And I guess, in a sense, this command, everything flows from this loving one another. But right. here's, here's another command in Romans fifteen seven. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. We saw Romans fifteen fourteen instruct one another, because you're full of goodness, and you don't have to be a pastor. Just you, as a believer, can instruct others. Galatians five thirteen we saw recently. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 4.2, bearing with one another in love. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another. There's the positive, and build one another up. Hebrews 10, let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And 1 Peter 4.9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So there's just a sampling. It's a great list right there. So what are, as we think of these one another's, I don't think anyone's going to object and say, I don't want to do any of those things, (laughs) maybe sinfully. But we agree with those things. Right. But we don't always do them. Mm -hmm. So we need reminders of it. So I was going to ask, what are some of the obstacles that keep us from actually doing these one another's of the New Testament? 
uh, a few of the things come to mind to me. Number one, uh, you know, you could do the overarching just sin. Um, and, and when I, what I mean by that is in my own pride, I am, I think about myself more than I should. And when I'm thinking about myself, I'm not thinking about other people. So what I will end up doing, and I say me, I think this is true of all, all believers, all humans. Uh, we think about ourselves too much. And so if I'm not thinking about others, I am not seeing the opportunities to love one another, to serve someone, to uh, care for somebody, to instruct them, uh, because I'm focused on myself. So I'd say that's one, one of those obstacles. I think another obstacle is that I, if I'm going to be involved in someone's life and I'm going to have to have a hard conversation with them in a way that, that cares for them in that, um, I can be fearful that it might get turned back on me and, and, uh, some, we, we might have this feeling that we've got to be perfect and have everything in order for us to talk with somebody about something. And that isn't true. Um, and then the third thing I would say is that when I am, if it isn't just conflict, if it is just loving and caring for somebody, I'm taking somebody a meal. So I'm caring for them. I have a meet. Someone tells me they have a problem, um, that the, I'm to bear their burden, help to help bear their burden. Um, that means that I have to die to myself in some way. I've got to give up something, uh, for that. And that is by God's perfect design that we do that but I don't like to do that all the time. That isn't my natural tendency. And so that's a struggle for uh, an obstacle in yeah. one anothering. Yeah. <laughs> so in a, in a stroke of inspiration, you can't, you can't, I'll lay alone if you're all alone. Yeah, that's right. Stuart Scott, if you need that for the next revision of your little book, <laughs> you let me know. <laughs> but that's your first point, And I think that's valid of, you have to be in people's lives, and we're selfish, so I want to put up my big walls. Right. That's part of the battle is giving up privacy. Yep. And I'm one to talk. I, I like privacy, too. So that was perfect because going into your second and even third points, part of the reason we like our privacy is because if I don't see you, I can't get in trouble for something I did right. or said with you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. one way to solve that. Where there are no oxen in the stalls, they're clean. Yeah. And so I do think that's a big reservation people have when they see someone in sin and they don't want to confront it. And they might say, like, let the pastors do that because they think, well, what if I blow that up? Right. What if I mess that up and it falls back on me? Or someone needs encouragement, they've just lost a loved one. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be one of those stories of giving bad encouragement when you lost a loved one. Those are good examples of obstacles. Well, on the more positive side of things, if someone's listening to this and they say, okay, I want to become a better one anotherer, fulfill my responsibilities in the local church, where do you encourage them to start? Yeah, there's a, obviously there's all kinds of ways that somebody could do that. But I'm thinking if somebody is just not doing it, you know, hey, I'm, this is new. I, I read it in scripture. I see I should be doing it. I'm just not doing it. There are some simple steps that you can take. One of the ways that I have really been encouraged 
by somebody in our, our church, not just one person, many times this has happened, is I get a note from somebody that tells me something specific. They've been praying for me. They care for me. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I've expressed uh, some struggles or some stress in my life, and they tell me that they've been praying for that. That is such an encouragement to me. And one of those, one another is encouraging one another. So I think that's a good small step. I think when you get involved in a small group, in a men's discipleship, women's discipleship group, any of those types of things, uh, you are going to be around people. And I think um, I had a a young lady, um, she's not as young anymore, but uh, she was in my small group and she was always quiet. And I remember her telling me that, okay, now next time we meet, I have a goal to speak one time. And so her goal was in that time that we meet, you know, she was pretty shy. She said, I'm, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to say one thing. I use that principle with uh, one anothering in that, okay, this Sunday, I'm going to find one person and I'm going to go see how I can pray for them. See what I can, can I bring a meal? What, find a mom with kids. What can I do there? Find a, a guy that's sitting by himself. Go start that conversation. In, there's all kinds of ways that we can interact with people. And if we just start with, I'm going to do it one time this Sunday and next Sunday, I'm going to do it one time. And that will, the goal is that'll snowball and you'll be doing it more often. It'll become natural. You know, along with that, this is a bonus question. I've not prepared you for, but okay. you're such an expert. It's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I was just texting Kim Dunkelberger. I was just texting with her this morning and um, her and there are others who would love to be here around believers, but for health reasons, can't. Right. So a unique situation there. And that's one of the things you think about is, what advice would you give to someone, either they're a shut-in, they're not able to be in regular fellowship because of health, or it might be that someone's schedule is just so demanding, and it's not one that they can easily change. So they feel like they're already at their limit. And they hear this on one anothering, and they're not sure how am I gonna, how am I gonna do this with my very limited capacity and resources? What would your counsel be for them? We live in the 21st century with incredible technology, and it is not the same. I I readily admit it that um, texts, emails, phone calls are not the same as somebody coming sitting down in front of me and talking with me over coffee or lunch or whatever. But it is far better than not hearing at all from somebody. And I think somebody that's at home or on the road traveling or, you know, whatever their schedule may be, it is, it doesn't take much time to be able to type out a a quick three sentence text of some specific things that you are thinking about somebody. Now, if that's something that you're struggling on, how do I even do that? I'm shut in. I'm not even involved with somebody, you know, like there, there, how do I get thinking about people at the church when I'm not even at the church? Well, we, we have our members and friends list. And so one of the things that you can do is you can, well, our church directory is a better way to say that, that you can re get on there and you can just reach out to somebody say, Hey, I'm, I'm at home. This is what I'm doing. I'd love to pray for you. Um, tell me about your kids. There's all kinds of ways you, you start asking somebody about their life. They love to talk about themselves. And then that's what gives you opportunity to think through how are the ways that I could serve somebody or do some one anothering in that. Uh, and that does remind me even with Kim, and it's a challenge for her, even in sending texts can be a challenge. 
but that is something she's done, you know, yep. even in my life, I know in other people's lives and then praying for other people almost reminds me of the end of Amy Carmichael's life somewhere toward the end of her life, although she had quite a number of years left to live. She had been a faithful missionary in India and then she uh, broke her leg very badly. And from that moment on, I don't know how many years it was, she was bedbound in her house. Wow. This fruitful missionary. Lots of mm -hmm. people knew her by then. And, but now it's like, oh man. But she used that time for her. She wrote a lot of books. Right. I'm sure she corresponded. And there's always prayer. So I always think as a last thing, because that is one of the one another's, you can always pray. And God used it. Michaela had a really good day the other day. Something had happened. It was just really good. And, we had, and I looked at her and I said, Today must have been the day that Carol Wells prayed for you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was. So that's well, great for someone who's listening to this. Um, you may not have thought much about one anothering. Maybe you have those big privacy fences up in your own life for the sake of safety, and you feel a bit intimidated to get involved in the messiness of other people's lives. Well, whatever you've thought in the past, may God help us all now by His grace to think this way. Mm -hmm.